We begin the podcast today in Qatar at the World Cup. We take a moment to compare football, well, American football, with what the rest of the world calls football, but we don't really compare the sports themselves, just the pregame. I tell you one thing I like about soccer more than football, and I talk about why some songs, well, one particular song, is so darn hard to sing and why it bothers me so badly, all on the way to answering the question, how is the national anthem like religion? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. So just a moment to tell you where I am and why this particular podcast was delayed in its release. If you're listening to this the week this podcast is released, or if you're listening to it even two weeks later, then at the moment that you are listening to this, I am spending two weeks in Iceland. What that means is that this podcast was delayed in getting released. What it means is I'm hoping to get another one out while I am in Iceland, but we will see. So during this time, I am in Iceland, traveling around, driving the ring road, the road that encompasses the whole island and taking pictures of waterfalls and glaciers, snow tunnels, ice caves. And of course, the real reason we're going in the middle of winter is in hopes of being able to see and photograph the northern lights. So if you're interested in seeing any of the pictures that I take while I'm in Iceland, then check out the Sky Pilot Facebook page while I'm gone. And who knows, maybe I'll get something good and post it there for folks to see. I don't know about you, but I had a blast this year watching the World Cup. I know we have a couple of baseball games that we call the World Series, but it really isn't in any stretch of the imagination a World Series. I wish it was. That would be really cool. There's something that's so much fun about all these teams from around the world coming together to participate in this soccer event. I love it when they play the national anthems. I'm always impressed when some of the national anthems are played for, say, the South American teams, and they sing with a vigor and a gusto that's just infectious. They sing because they're representing their country and this moment is important to them. This song is important to them. I don't know if you're a sports fan. I am. Well, with certain sports. I follow with great devotion the University of Tennessee football program. I grew up in Knoxville and followed it then, and my wife graduated from there, so we both are big UT volunteer fans. One of the differences between soccer and American football is that we have someone sing the national anthem at our sporting events, whereas, say, at the World Cup, the national anthems are pre-recorded and just the music is played without any vocalist. Now, let's get down to it. Let's start with the difficulty with our national anthem. And, well, it is, I guess it is that it's difficult. It's a tune that requires enormous vocal range, two full octaves, the highest note in the piece comes on the word free when the vocalist sings Land of the Free. And that is a note that, well, let's be honest, it takes no prisoners. It often exposes a vocalist's shortcomings 
And when the note is sung well, it is the wonderful, emotional crescendo of the song. And when it is sung poorly, well, it makes the fillings in my teeth hurt. Let's compare it with Britain's national anthem, God Save the King. It's sung to the same tune that we sing, My country tis of thee. And that's literally a piece of music that's easy for people, almost anyone, to sing. Our anthem is not. Ours tells a great and stirring story. But it isn't easy to sing. So let's be honest. Every single one of us, I imagine, if you have, well, any appreciation of music at all, every single one of us probably has suffered through some pretty dreadful renditions of our national anthem. It's always funny to me when TV announcers introduce some unknown 17-year-old skinny kid to sing the national anthem, and then at the end, after the kid's done singing, the announcer says something like, wow, that was well done. And the translation of that comment is something like this, well, I thought that was going to be painful to sit through, and darned if that kid didn't pull it off. Now that's a surprise. So I have established that it is difficult to sing, which leads us to my real complaint. Because it is difficult piece, we tend to get, if we can, gifted and accomplished vocalists, which is why at the Super Bowl, they tend to pick people with amazing and unquestioned vocal abilities. So you have the likes of Whitney Houston, Beyonce, Mariah Carey, who have all sung the national anthem at the Super Bowl. And what happens when you give a difficult and challenging piece of music to an amazingly talented and capable vocalist? Well, they have a tendency to make it even more challenging to show off their gifts and their ability. And therein lies the problem for me. You see, when you watch the World Cup, you see the players and the fans sing their national anthems. And when you watch American sporting events and the national anthem is sung, do players sing? Well, no, not really. Do the fans sing? No, they don't really sing either. Okay, some do, but let me make my point this way. When Sarah and I go to a sporting event, we try to sing along with the national anthem. And when we do, we can hear ourselves sing. Our voices aren't lost in the crowd of voices around us because, well, there aren't any other voices around us singing the national anthem. The truth is that fans don't sing and players don't sing. Now, some of you who are listening to this will think this has something to do with some political agenda, and in rare cases it might. It could be that the players are liberals, all liberals, choosing not to sing to show their political leanings. Except there are plenty of conservatives in the stands, and they aren't singing either. As a matter of fact, there are plenty of conservatives on the sideline on the team as well, and they aren't singing either. You know why? The two reasons I have already said. Number one, the song is hard. And number two, the vocalist is often making it harder, often changing the rhythm in odd places, switching the notes, and just generally not singing the piece of music as it is written. Look, the national anthem is a piece of music that I would argue belongs to the people and should therefore always be performed in a way that invites people to sing, invites people to feel included. If someone wants to join in, the way the national anthem is sung should never feel like it is disinviting them from participating. Okay, Dan, you've made your point. What does this have to do with religion or faith? Well, let me jump to the Gospel of Matthew, 18th chapter, to help make my point. 
At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a child whom he put among them and said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If you cause one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for you if a great millstone were fastened around your neck and you were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of things that cause stumbling blocks. Such things are bound to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. Now, a couple of insights into this passage. First, Jesus is fired up, isn't he? I mean, he is clear that this is really important, and he uses a bit of shock value to make his point here. Second, it would be easy to lose track partway through this passage and think Jesus is talking about the importance of children. But that isn't what this passage is about. Jesus is saying that we should be like children. And I think he means, obviously, humble innocent, eager, and open. He then says that when others who are like children, meaning humble, innocent, eager, open, when they approach us and want to participate in the kingdom of God, well, as the passage is clear, we want to be open, welcoming, and inviting. It is absolutely clear that Jesus wants us to understand how seriously he judges anyone who does otherwise. Now, that is really my point here. I get frustrated when I go to a sporting event and the national anthem is sung exclusively. It's a piece of music that's supposed to belong to all of us. It is a piece of music that's supposed to invite every single one of us to sing along. We don't have to, but we should never feel like that piece of music only belongs to the performer or an elite few who can musically pull it off. And I had this awareness recently, mostly while it was watching the World Cup. That's exactly like what God wants us to know about faith, about religion, about our belief in God. If I, and maybe you, are frustrated by a performer who excludes people from participating in the national anthem, just remember, that's nothing compared to what God feels about the larger issue here. Jesus wants us to know that God is livid with a believer who in any way becomes a stumbling block for those who are seeking to follow God, for those who are seeking to know more about God, for those who want to ask questions to discover who God is. Yes, yeah, we may say yes, but we have a religion, we have a church, we have a community of faith, and that community of faith, that church, has to have standards. We want to be inclusive and welcoming, but not if we have to compromise the integrity of our community. That seems fair and pragmatic, doesn't it? Well, as the final answer to that question, the passage I read earlier from the Gospel of Matthew, want to know what Jesus follows that passage with? He follows it with a story about a shepherd and a hundred sheep and one who's gone astray. Now, here's what's really important. There is no description of worrying about the welfare of the larger community. There is, according to Jesus, only interest in the one needing to find its way. That's all for today. 
Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Just search for Sky Pilot Faith Quest. And if you'd like to get in touch with me, my email address is dan at skypilot.zone, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot Z-O-N-E. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to Sky Pilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.